verse number 18. I want to give honor to these musicians and these singers. Didn't they do a fantastic job? Thank them for the Lord of Isaiah 43 and 18. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Verse 19 said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the the desert. The writer was saying, you've got to forget where you've been. Not that you lose reverence for where you've been, but you've got to go beyond where you've been. And you've got to step into what God wants to do in your life right now. Anybody here tonight that came for a breakthrough? He said, God, I've been in this season long enough. I've been where I am in my ministry and in my walk with you for long enough. I'm ready to step into a fresh anointing. I'm ready to step into a fresh touch. I'm ready to go deeper in my walk with God than I've ever been. Anybody here tonight that can testify to that? But before you can step into the new thing, you have to get past the old thing. You gotta get beyond where you've always been to go where God wants to take you. Look at your neighbor, eyeball to eyeball, everybody, every person. Guys, come on, you DM her right before church. You can look at her in the eyes. Oh, where are you living now? Come on, somebody. Look at them and say, The break. Come on, say, The break is through. Is through. If you're going to break through, you got to say, I'm done resting. My break is over with. It's time for a breakthrough. If that's you, would you grab your neighbor's hand if it's appropriate? Would you raise it under the heavens all over the house? Would you just lift your voice? Would you pray for your neighbor to break through? Can you do that? Come on. Come on, lift your voice. We're apostolic. That's all right. You can lift your voice. Come on, everybody, raise your voice and pray for your neighbor. I'll tell you what, here's what we're going to do. Keep those hands raised and keep those eyes closed. You're going to pray for your neighbor, but you're not going to pray in English. You're going to go ahead and tap into the Holy Ghost and pray in the Spirit. Can you do that? If you have the Holy Ghost, will you pray in the Holy Ghost? We're going to go ahead and break down the walls before we move forward here tonight. We're going to let God know He has free reign to move in His house. Come on.
to get comfortable in a place of great blessing. But eventually there has to be something that comes over us that gets discontent with being in the same place for too long. If you read your Bibles, you'll find out that God rebuked the church of Laodicea for being too comfortable in their season. Make no mistake about it, just because it's good now does not mean that this is as good as it's going to get. And just because we see the miraculous now does not mean that's all the miracles that we'll ever see. And just because we've seen souls filled with the Holy Ghost does not mean that the harvest has come to an end. We can't be satisfied with where we are or we will never be desperate for where we're going. Because being satisfied with good will always keep us from great. Being satisfied with enough will always keep us from abundance. And being satisfied with here will always keep us from there. Eventually we have got to decide I've enjoyed this season for long enough. It's time that I do what I've never done. It's time that I go where I've never gone. And it's time that I see what I've never seen. You only get a breakthrough when you decide I'm done resting where I am. My break is true. I've rested in this season of blessing for far too long. I've got to reach a new dimension. And somebody under the sound of my voice needs to leave this service saying, I cannot preach how I've always preached. I cannot pray how I've always prayed. I cannot sing how I've always sing. I cannot do church the way that I've always done church. This break is true, and now it's time to break through. from where you're going every time. Understand today that I am thankful for houses we got built. I am thankful for wells we did not dig. I am thankful for vineyards that we did not plant. I am thankful for what God did in the book of Acts. I am thankful for what God did at the turn of the century. I am thankful for what God has done in the last century. And I am thankful for what God has done in the last year. But I refuse to get satisfied with what's behind us. We cannot rest in what's already happened. But I want to preach to this generation today that we have a promise from God that says the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former house. And he said, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. This generation will see the greatest 
So we have to understand that God is not to a clock or to a calendar. He doesn't operate within time and space. But He transcends time and space. And if you study the order of creation in Genesis chapter 1, you'll find that out. Because when you look at the order of creation, you'll realize that God did not create the fish and then the sea. God created the sea and then He created the fish. God did not create the birds and then the trees. God created the trees and then He created the birds. He created provision before there was anything that needed the provision. Revelation 13 and 8 said Jesus is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He was the sacrifice for sin before there was ever a sin that needed the sacrifice. Jesus. Jehovah saves. But there was never a time in his life that he was not the Savior. Even though there was a time in his life where he had never died for anybody. So Jesus had a destiny before Jesus ever fulfilled his destiny. And God told Jeremiah, before you broke through your mother's womb, I destined you to be a prophet. In other words, there was a destiny for you before there was a you to fulfill that destiny. Jesus was the healer before he ever healed. As a matter of fact, he went 30 years before he ever performed a miracle. But then all of a sudden, something begins to well up in Jesus. And we see his divinity starts to break through his humanity. Jesus knew that it was time to fulfill his purpose. And I preach to you today that there has never been a moment in time that you were not called. But there has been a moment in time where you did not know that you were called. Where we are to make us desperate for where we're going. 
Jacob loved Rachel. And he loved Rachel for obvious reasons. Of the two daughters of Laban, Rachel was the one that Jacob desired. The problem is, is that there was barrenness in Rachel's beauty. Leah was ugly, but Leah was fruitful. Jacob had a destiny of greatness. And God said, Jacob, you're going to be great. And as a matter of fact, your seed will be as the dust of the earth. Rachel produced disappointment, but she was beautiful. Leah produced his destiny, but she was ugly. And finally, Leah gave birth to sons. And Leah named the third son Levi. And this is what she said. She said, now this time, will my husband be attached to me? Theologians believe this that Jacob is beginning to love Leah. He is beginning to love the ugly situation in his life. Because the ugliness is what began to produce his destiny. Young person, I know that you look at Leo 
But this is what you have to understand. The value of an object always increases when God is the owner. Let's take tithing, for example. That 10% is more valuable than that 90%. Why? Because that 10% belongs to God. Take the lad's lunch. If the lad would have kept the lunch to himself, it would have just remained five loaves of bread and two fish, but because he placed it in the hand of God, it became a feast for the multitude. If you will give God what it is that you have to work with, he will break it and he will bless it and he will use it far greater than what you ever imagined. If you want to be used of God, lift your hands and let's pray. If you would come, let's keep praying all over the house. Put your voice. Listen to me for just a moment. What this generation needs to understand is that the miraculous is not just for the pulpit. The miraculous is also for the people. You don't have to be a licensed preacher to lay hands on somebody and then be healed. You don't have to be a licensed preacher to pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. It was about a year and a half ago and I was preaching in a, in a relatively small church. There were just a handful of people there. And while I was preaching, it was about 10 minutes into the message. And I noticed way back on the but there was a young lady with tears streaming down her face. And the entire time I was preaching, she would stand up and then she would sit down. She would stand up and then she would sit down. Over and over, she'd stand up and then she'd sit down. And I said, what in the world is she doing? Then all of a sudden, there was this little 18-year-old girl in the front row that got up in the middle of the preaching and she went back to the back row. And she grabbed that young lady that was weeping by the hands, and they walked down the middle aisle. And I knew right then that I needed to just shut my Bible, that God was wanting to do something miraculous. And I sat down from behind the pulpit. I laid my hand on her head, and I said, by the authority of the name of Jesus, and the power of the Word of God, I release healing into this body. And that was it. They came to me after service and they said, Brother Heron, do you know why that young lady was weeping and why she was standing up and down during your preaching? They said she was standing up and down so much. It's because the doctors found a fist-sized tumor in her body and they don't know what to do about it. And it's causing her so much pain that she has to keep standing to relieve the pain. And when it begins to hurt while she's standing, she sits down to relieve the pain. And she does that over and over and over and can never find relief. And I said, but you know what? There was a young lady that didn't have a license in her pocket to preach. But she believed that God was a healer and she went and got that young lady and brought her to the front. And I said, you hear me, you're going to call me in just a few days when she goes back to the doctor. And that tumor's going to be gone. 
I got a phone call two days later. They did the scan again. The tumor was nowhere to be found. Thank you, Lord.
Here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. There are young people in this house. You're making a decision right now. You're making a decision. Listen to me, everybody. If you can hold on for just a second, listen to me. Just a second, listen to me. There are young people in this house that God is going to use in unprecedented ways. Because this generation is not satisfied with the mundane. We want the miraculous. We want the gifts of the Spirit. And not just that, we still believe the apostolic doctrine. Young person, hear me. When you dilute the doctrine, you deny yourself demonstration. The reason we have authority in the Spirit is because we hold on to apostolic doctrine. That's right. And so here's what we're going to do. It all boils down to this question. How bad do you want? Many are called. But few are chosen. The chosen are the ones that make up in their mind, I want it more than my next breath. The chosen are the ones that make up in their mind more than I want to see tomorrow. I want to have an apostolic ministry. I want to have an apostolic anointing. I want to be a part of this entire revival. And when you haven't made up in your mind like that, that's when you're going to get it. So here's what we're going to do. Every hand raised, every eye closed, without any music. Without any music. I want to ask you this question. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? I'm going to count to three. And then I'm going to set this microphone down. And you're going to let your desperation give God the signal. I want it more than my next breath. But don't just shout and then stop. Because the ones that get it are the ones that linger for it. The ones that get it are the ones that are willing to do what nobody else is willing to do to get it. If you want it, when I come to three, get your voice and get lost in the spirit. You can just the voices. You better build your faith. Lift your hands and close your eyes. How bad do you want it? Get ready, here we go. One. Two. Get ready. Three. 